What's up, everybody? Welcome to Theology in the Dirt. At Theology in the Dirt, our aim is to practice our theology in the public square of our homes, our city, and our world. Guess what? This week, there's lots of stuff happening. So, Chris and I are going to have a fresh episode for you, but what we do want to do is have a rerun for you. And so, what we're going to do this week, because one of our favorite community partners, Haven Health, is entering into the time where they do the baby bottle, baby bottle boomerang. And the baby bottle boomerang is an amazing fundraising opportunity for this incredible partner. And so if you're a member of a local church, chances are you're going to get a chance to participate in that. But we want to provide you with our interview that we did with Jennifer Norton, who's executive director at Haven Health. And so we hope you guys will listen. We hope you'll take it to heart. Find an opportunity to participate with these incredible partners who are doing kingdom work right here in Roman Floyd County, Northwest Georgia, in the state of Georgia. We hope you guys have a fantastic day. Please listen and always give us a five-star rating. Comment. Send us your thoughts. Anything you'd like to talk about. Dirt at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out restorationrome.org. Y'all have a great day. See you next time. Out. Good day, everybody, and welcome to Theology in the Dirt. We want to practice our theology in the public square of our homes, our city, and our world. We record Theology in the Dirt from the headquarters of Global Impact Restoration Rome, where we work to address the foster care and adoption crisis in northwest Georgia, the state of Georgia, the southeast, and the world as a practice of our theology in the public square. You can check us out going to the website, restorationrome.org. My name is Mitchell Jolly. And I'm Chris Hayes. And who are you? I'm Jennifer. Jennifer. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's a joy. It's a joy. We have some questions. We share with you some questions. And so Chris and I will just pop back and forth asking you some okay. questions. I'll go first. And um, and we'll, and I'm sure along the way, we just like to converse, like chop stuff up, talk about it. And so if we have some side questions, um, don't hate on us. We may have some. <laughs> ooh, tell us more about that. Tell us more about that. But Jennifer, tell us um, a little bit of the story about what Haven is and how it came to be. Okay. Um, so Haven Health was previously named the Pregnancy Center of Rome. That's probably what a lot of people still recognize it as. Um, it came to be from um, when Yvonne Miller and Jimmy Jordan got together, and Yvonne noticed a need in our community for a place for women to turn when they were facing an unexpected pregnancy, and they needed help and guidance through it. And so at the time, they were involved with Christian Counseling and Education Ministry. So it was birthed from that, and so we kind of started – the CCEM was our umbrella corporation, and so we, we rolled that up underneath it. So mm. that's where it started from and how it came to be. Um, in 2016, we changed names to Haven Health to reflect a uh, more medical direction that we were going. Um, and so uh, that's where it's kind of grown from there. So we, we transitioned to a medical clinic in 2016. The, Dr. Jordan um, and Yvonne have been serving Roman Floyd County for, for a long time. Yes. Like I, I remember, um, gosh, my dad knew, knew Dr. Jordan and, and I'm, I'm talking seventies, like late seventies. <laughs> and so, and so <laughs> been a while. And so uh, they've been around a long time and, um, and, and talk a little bit right there, Chris, I'm, I know you have a follow-up question, but a little bit more about the Christian counseling education ministries and, and the need for serving women in our community. Tell us a little bit about what that need is and why, why that need was present. Well, the Christian counseling and education ministry started from um, a place with Jimmy being a, a counselor. And so he, he wanted to reach out to those who couldn't necessarily afford counseling um, and didn't have the means for that. So he, started that. Um, and so he was seeing clients for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so 
that kind of branched off in a different direction from the pregnancy center or crisis pregnancy center. So right. um, there, there is a very large need in our area for women to turn to. Um, there's really not a place for them to go before, right. before we establish, which we actually just celebrated our 37th year. Wow. So March of 1986 is when we established. Wow. Congratulations. Yes, that's 37 awesome. years. Yes, 37 Incredible. years. That's awesome. Exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. That's yeah. good. I, before we kind of get into a little bit more about Haven, just we tell us a little bit about your background sure. and then kind of what got you to where you are at, with Haven. Okay. Uh, so I was born in Rome. Um, my father worked for George Power, and we moved all around Georgia. Uh, so we moved away when I was very young. Um, came back when I was a junior in high school, so I graduated here. I moved away for college, and then I married my husband, and we moved back to start a family. We have three wonderful boys, Levi, Sawyer, and Baylor. So um, I started in 2016. Um, Actually, my children were attending Unity at the time, and somebody recommended me for the job. And so I met with Jimmy and um, have been serving there ever since. So um, I began uh, as a CFO, and until April of last year, I served in that role, and I became the executive director uh, April of last year. That's awesome. Yeah. What uh, For those who maybe are listeners who are not unfamiliar with Haven Health Clinic, what are some of your the services and things that you guys provide there? And then is there one of those that maybe is kind of like your your DNA or like your primary um, sure. resource? Okay. Yeah, so um, when I started eight years ago, we um, were only seeing uh, women that were pregnant. Um, so we offered free pregnancy testing and then options counseling from there. So since then, we have expanded our services, like I said. Um, so now we offer, still offer the, the confirmation pregnancy test, um, but we also offer uh, limited ultrasounds. Um, we offer STI testing and treatment, and that's STIs, sexually transmitted infections. What we used to know as STD, but that's not the correct term now. Um, right. So what we offer testing and treatment, and then we offer parenting classes. Okay. So... Um, I can expand on some of that if you want. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into some of that. But that's, I mean, I wasn't even sure. I knew a little bit. I knew the pregnancy side of things, right. but I don't know that I knew um, until doing some research for you coming in, This the, I guess, breadth of what the clinic really offers and how it can really help um, everyone from young ladies to, right. you know, people with, with kids to yes. all those kinds of things. And so it's really neat what y'all are doing. Right. And so we used to, um, we would have women that were, you know, just facing an unexpected pregnancy, but now, um, it's gotten harder to get in clinics, uh, for the confirmation that we have women that are nervous about being pregnant or not quite sure where they're at, or they've had an event. And so we see those, we actually get women in that are excited to be pregnant and that's a breath of fresh air for us. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. What do you say is your most utilized service uh, at Haven? So definitely, without a doubt, our most utilized service is our parenting program. Mm. We haven't really um, advertised our STI testing and treatment. We've kind of wanted to enter those waters very slowly. Sure. And so we've had a great response. Um, So, But parenting is definitely the most utilized service. Um, So um, if you... Want me to go into that now? Please, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell, so, tell us about that because because okay. one of the things I think is is fascinating um, in this world. What here in this building we focus on um, reunification with a biological, the biological, uh, or increasing the speed of permanency for for a child, providing all those services. And one of the things that we see, I see down this hallway every day, is very few men. 
And so you're talking about the the parenting component. So I'll, I'll ask a follow-up to this, but how does that, what happens when a lady comes in and you're trying to help them, A, you want to have this baby. Yes. We're trying to not fuel the abortion industry. Yes. Secondly, you want this mom and or this dad to be good parents. So how Absolutely. are you, how are you, because I mean, that's how we keep these kids out of the system is God's, God's idea is that home is intact. That's flourishing at its finest. So how are you, how in those parenting services, what are you guys doing to, to push that along? So I'm going to kind of jump back to what you said with, with God and kind of tell you. So we are a faith-based ministry. Um, we serve women who are pregnant, who think they are pregnant. Um, and so we are able to kind of use God to to help her along wherever she is. So mm-hmm. um, so the parenting portion, so she's come in and she's um, not sure if she's going to carry. She's considering abortion. And so we've gone through all those steps. And so, you know, a lot of people are concerned with we just leave it there. We drop it there and, and expect her to handle that on her own. But the right. parenting program offers a platform for her to take lessons. So if she's never been pregnant before, then she can learn all about the development of her baby and learn about how her body's changing. And so she can take classes along each, you know, milestone in the pregnancy. Right. Um, we have a, a, it's a, it's a very large curriculum. It's called earn why you learn. And so that really puts the responsibility back to her um, and or the father. And so she's able to um, learn about um, bonding with her baby, right. breastfeeding, um, nutrition throughout pregnancy. She can even take life skill classes like how to budget, um, uh, any of those things. Like we have a career-based curriculum. And so that she can learn how to prepare for a job interview. Right. So they're, they're very um, logical classes that she needs that she probably hasn't been exposed to. Right. So the basis of the program is DVD-based. And so she comes in and watches a lesson over that, and she's able to earn what's called baby bucks. Mm-hmm. And so with those baby bucks, she's able to um, go into our baby boutique and shop for items that have been donated. And so it's like um, clothing, maternity clothes, um, formula, diapers, wipes. Uh, we have larger items like um, high chairs, cribs, anything for her and baby. Right. She's able to shop for. Now, those items are priced very, very reasonably. Right. Um, so there's five ways she can earn $5 each lesson um, if she shows up on time. Right. Um, if she completes her lesson, if she brings in her homework from the previous week, right. um, if she brings a support person, and then if she has attended church, she brings us a church bulletin. So we're encouraging that walk sure. as she's going through this. And Absolutely. so um, it's it's a great curriculum that um, has mm-hmm. been very, very popular. Absolutely. Chris, before you, you go on to that next one, I just had a follow-up to that. So how so a young lady, how does she find you? Um, because because I, she's maybe in a crisis moment, struggling. How does she know where you are? So we have social media, of course, um, which most women are on. <laughs> right, right. Um, that's a it's a great place to start. Um, we have a website. Um, word of mouth is huge. Mm. Usually, a friend has heard of it, um, or or somebody that she knows has heard about our resources. Um, and so we have different places in the community that also refer to us. Right. Um. So I wonder. I wonder what the rate of success would be with a personal reference and a 
personal person bringing and connecting them and helping them in the process versus them seeking it out on. That's totally just came to the top of my mind because I've been looking at some stats recently with the Advent Health Community Survey we're participating with. And uh, and so I got statistics on the brain right now. And I wonder the personal connection, someone helping this young lady along the way, say, let me take you somewhere we can get some help right. versus her seeking it out on her own. I would imagine it would be similar, but I would also imagine it might be higher if someone personally is engaged with them I in would, a church setting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so she can, one of the ways that we help encourage that is if somebody refers a patient right. that is involved with our parenting program, then she gets money, mm. referral money. So that encourages that. Yeah. Um, and we have, we work with the, several churches that um, if the patient gives us permission to um, share her information and she's wanting a church to walk with her through this process, then I have several pastors that I reach out to and say, Hey, I've got somebody that's interested. Can you help? And so, yeah. So we're plugged in that way. I love it. It's good. Yeah, so, you know, theology in the dirt. Sorry, we're making you kind of twist back and forth here. Um, (laughs) This is an office, not a studio. That's true. We're working on that. We're working Um, on that. That's right. You know, so kind of the whole concept of theology in the dirt is really, you know, talking about kind of engaging our culture, our society, our domains uh, with the gospel and being believers. And I know that's a big component of what you do there. At at Three Rivers, we use the phrase collision with culture, and I imagine you probably do that daily. So as as a believer, as a Jesus follower, um, how how do you kind of navigate that between? Because, you know, the healthcare world is not just overly filled with Jesus loving you know, Christians all the time. And so how do you personally balance that? And then as a ministry, but also a healthcare provider, how did that, does those work together? Um, so we believe that God is everywhere. We just have to allow him to be there. Um, since we are a faith-based organization, we intentionally ask him to be present every day to come into the clinic and to work through us. Um, we gather for prayer every morning. And so we start our day with prayer, and uh, we pray for the women that are coming in. We pray for our volunteers. We pray for our staff. Um, we pray for our donors. Each week we take um, one of those segments, and we specifically pray for each one of those specifically by name. So that really kind of sets the focus for us. Um, we let our na- patients know up front that we're faith-based and that um, everything we do stems from a biblical perspective. We're very honest with them. Um, if she's willing We will pray with her. We will offer the gospel to her and hopefully lead her to Christ. That's one of our objectives is to we're we're hopefully saving two lives. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we we function from. Um, We wonder why we have so much strife in schools (laughs) and society, but we've taken God out of those places. So it's kind of we don't we don't do that. We function from (laughs) a place where we ask him to be um, and to be present. So. I love that. I think that's so important. I, you know, both of us, Mitch and I, are both married to to ladies who are in the education world, and hear stories all the time of that. And and even just in the the basis of our society and our culture, he's he's missing and and just flat out rejected Absolutely. and pushed away. So I love that you guys implement that. Uh, that kind of leads into kind of a a more I don't know if a difficult question is the right thing, but obviously. Speaking of our culture, our society right now, one of the biggest hot button topics is this debate between you know pro life and pro choice, which I hate to even call it. That's we talked in a pre- uh, previous episodes about how media shapes the narrative, and sure. even in that argument, just saying the words pro choice as opposed to 
pro-death, which is probably what Absolutely. it should be. Uh, and we're, we are not shy about our beliefs on that. And we know that, that you uh, shared that. So Absolutely. that's a long way of kind of circling around to how do you, in your work, navigate that process? Because I'm sure not everyone that walks in there is just like, is absolutely pro-choice or pro-life, excuse me, and, and just want, it believes in right. that. So how do you navigate that from both a, a Christian standpoint, but also um, the healthcare clinic that you provide? Yes, it is definitely a hot button item. Um, what happened last year with Roe versus Wade being overturned um, and almost immediately Georgia making it illegal to um, have an abortion after six weeks or a fetal heartbeat present, um, you would think that a, a pregnancy resource center like us would um, have to close up our doors um, and we would no longer be needed. But however, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Okay. Um, when I started eight years ago, we might have seen three women per week. Um, and now we're seeing three to five women before noon each day. So um, our our job has gotten much more complex with the timing of things. Um, but we're, we're, we used to not book appointments. All of them were walk-ins, but now we have to book appointments. So it has definitely changed the landscape of how we function on a day-to-day basis. Um, however, we don't get involved with the politics. You know, we're there to serve God. And whatever the law is, no matter what it is, we're still going to serve God. Um, and so we, we tend to actually stay out of the politics. Um, it, it, it really doesn't matter that we're going to still have, we still have a job to do when we're going to do that job um, as he wills. Um, so um, women haven't stopped seeking abortion. It's just a different avenue that they have to go through. So um, we still have three bordering states that is still legal up until 20 weeks um, yeah. around us. So there's Florida, uh, South Carolina, and North Carolina. And so they're still able to use those avenues. Um, so we're still busy. We're busier than ever. Um, so it, it really, I mean, it's just made us have to change paths. Are you, are you seeing much opposition to that from your standpoint, whether not necessarily maybe from clients, but just from whether it's on social media or people, because um, I, I mean, I realize picketing and things like that is probably more common out west, but it still happens here too. Have you experienced much of that either before or after the Roe versus Wade decision? We we've seen a little bit. I mean, like you said, we're kind of tucked away, and um, I think our our community is uh, vastly supportive of what we do um, quietly. Uh, we can talk, talk about that later, but uh, sure. yeah, so we've had some people come and bring things and sit them on our, our doorsteps, um, thinking that we're Planned Parenthood. I think it mostly stems from a lack of education about what we do, right? Um, more so than the actual matter at hand. So um, we've had some of that, but largely it's, we're still functioning like, like normal and everything's quiet. So that's what we hope to continue. Yeah, that's uh, even when we get get into that, I'm one that I'd squarely like to jump in the middle of the politics because yeah. I think government <laughs> really? belongs. To, yeah, Chris, like, really? I never would have guessed that. Yeah, you never guess that, right? Cause, I mean, government government is God's idea, and and in the fullness of time, uh, the Lord will return, and He's not a, He's not going to um, abolish government. Revelation 21 gives us this beautiful picture of Eden regained in which the nations of the earth redeemed will now bring all of the fruit of their labor to the heavenly city to present to Jesus as an act of worship. Um, and so in the meantime, with the kingdom here and advancing, part of our task is in this pro-life 
thing is to get down in the weeds of some of that. And, sure. um, and even in the pro-life side, it's not just as simple as pro-life because even in the pro-life side, um, there's, there's movements, uh, that I think sometimes get out of bounds and sometimes don't go far enough depending on the issue. And, and some of those are, are like the equal protection act where, where people are, are now advocating a lot of people, uh, particularly in certain spectrums of evangelical culture advocating for the prosecution of mothers who have an abortion um, for murder, um, which which really uh, gets down into not addressing the issue right. and, and being very, uh, I think, nose blind. Um, but even in the pro-life issue, I, I would imagine you guys have to have to deal with some issues along the way. Even for people, we would say, yes, we want that baby to live. Yes. Um, and, and one of the things I scream for is then you better be in line to take the baby when mama can't keep the baby. Absolutely. And, right. and I think every one of us, um, at the clinic has offered at some point, you know, yeah. or, or been approached, you know, Hey, would you, would, I, I had a client said, yeah, would you take my baby? And I said, well, of course I would. Right. And, and she was a different right. nationality. And so she was yeah. dumbfounded that I sincerely that you would course. really take the baby that's of course right absolutely no and and I think that that's also part of our challenge in this is we want that baby to live and we want that baby to have a full good healthy life absolutely. also so we want to move them to permanency we want that family unit to be intact yes and if that family unit will not be intact we need Christian families to to jump in and be ready to take those babies absolutely and so right now in Floyd County we have five homes available um and that, awesome. yeah, and it, well, it is at least we have five, but the numbers of kids in the system are over two hundred at this point. So we we are we need people who really say they're pro life to be ready. When they come to you and say, absolutely, um, I can't care for this baby. We need them to be in the system and ready to, to take those kids. So I imagine this being a hot button topic for you guys. So uh, absolutely, can you give us some examples of how you've seen the Lord at work? So. Yeah. How are some things, what are things you've seen that's evidently the hand of God blessing your work and, and taking it forward? So um, some examples that I can provide you is we had, uh, when the clinic first opened, uh, a lady came in that was abortion-minded, mm. um, and they saw her, and she decided to parent, and so she carried the baby. Um, now that baby has grown, and she is now a counselor for me. So oh, wow. That is come full circle. That's that's, that's an awesome. amazing that's cool. thing. Yeah, it's really cool. So yeah. um, we had, uh, last year, we had a client come in that was seeking an abortion. Um, and so she uh, was wicked. Mm. So um, that was something different for us. But yeah. she was, um, she stated that, you know, she didn't think we would see her because she had a different faith than we did. And so mm. um, we, we, we welcomed her with open arms and right. we did our job. Mm. And so we, we actually, you know, along the weeks talked about the conversation of how her faith and our faith were similar in some ways mm-hmm. um, with the light. They focus different anyway. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I love that, by the way, yeah. making connections yeah. is so key that we, we don't instantly start out making distinctions. We highlight those distinctions. It's okay. We don't believe the same thing, but right. we find Absolutely. connection points. Absolutely. And then you can highlight your distinctives, and that's okay. But you got to find the connective point. Yeah, Absolutely. you got to find a jumping off point somewhere awesome. to identify with her and make her feel like that she's not judged because yeah. we are, we're all a different background. We're all different sure. circumstances. And so, right. but what's interesting is that she ended up in a local Christian church. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and awesome. So, yeah. Praise so, God. yeah. 
So we have a lot of wonderful God stories, um, mm-hmm. too many to share and, and some I can't share, but sure. uh, I love, there's so many different things. Uh, we, we have um, parents that come back and the child is now five or six. And so we, we, mm. we love to have that ongoing relationship with families. That's, that's beautiful. That's what we're about. My mom used to uh, be a counselor um pre-haven okay uh but until she got sick she was all she had alzheimer's and she couldn't serve anymore she couldn't drive but that was upon her retirement that was her thing is coming there and counseling young women and uh, i got to be a board member for a little bit until this place kicked off and i didn't have any more time i know and so i i I miss those days but uh i know those stories and it's good to share and we want people listening to this to and we'll give them a chance to to hear how they can support and be part in in just a few minutes but thank you for sharing that i think that's that's absolutely absolutely huge yeah. Yeah. So um, obviously I know your clientele is, is women and is typically pregnant women. Um, I worked in the social social work and the child welfare field for over a decade. And one of the things we saw, obviously there's a lot of men who just either don't want to be involved or are involved for a minute and then kind of, you know, run and leave. Right. But on the flip side of that, there are also sometimes where, especially in a situation where the man and woman aren't married, the man wants to be involved and either can't or is forced out of that. So that's a long way of me asking, like, do you provide resources for men or are able to send them to a place that can help them as well? We actually do. We have um, a curriculum for fathers. So whether he is married to the woman or, you know, not whatever the case may be he can still come and take classes he can do it with her he can do it separately um so we have a great curriculum that um teaches them how to uh, be involved how to he's actually going to learn about what's going on with the woman um and how she's growing and that only educates him and helps him support her better um the more knowledge you have the the better decisions you're able to make so he's going to learn about how to be consistent and how to be present, and what a role model is, and how to be a leader of his family. So again, all this stems biblically. So sure. it's a great, you know. And as a mom of three boys, that's that's very important to me. Right. Um, so we do have a lot of fathers that actually come in and take classes and and participate along with their uh, wife or a significant other. And so it's we've had a great reception from that. So yes, those same pastors that we're able to pass along, if he's open and willing to it, then we reach out to them. And, you know, that's not our wheelhouse is so um, the the walk longevity. So we reach out to pastors who that is their, their wheelhouse. So um, we have resources in place to hand off. I love that. I think that's so important. You know, we talk a lot and we did a whole section on uh, discipleship yes, and and, and really in a way you're doing that there for young men and young women yes. and but i think th- i love what you said at the end there is is that long-term component cuz it's it's one thing to kind of teach a young mom or a young dad like how to be a parent and how to or how to go through that pregnancy thing right. but if we just kind of leave it at that does that really help them long term? So right. I love that you guys focus on that and 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 connect them with resources and with churches, with pastors, with uh, groups. I know our church is heavily involved in um, foster care ministry and understanding the support that's needed for right. our family. Um, we, you know, even doing like meal trains for people who right. have babies, and we've just had a thousand in our church. Oh, it feels wow. like being <laughs> born. Um, so I think that, I, but I love that piece. Um, cause I, so it sounds like you guys really focus a lot on that education Absolutely. component. Um, is that something that you got that your staff do you, 
I assume y'all probably have to undergo continuous either education or training and just constantly seeking resources as well. Absolutely. So we partner with several national uh, firms, um, NIFLA, which is the national, I can't remember the acronym for it, but um, it's, it's for pregnancy centers. Um, We have heartbeat that we are actually attending um, a virtual conference that offers classes and continuing education on all that so yes we we try to stay abreast all of that uh, on top of that so that we can offer what's most important as time goes on and and as our climate changes i gotcha is there you know we talked about i know you guys are very intentional very bold about your um, work and your belief system and your ministry but if there's anything that we know from doing ministry is that it's hard and it's messy and the devil opposes it because he doesn't want you to do that. So I, I'm going to assume there are obstacles and there are hardships that come along the way. Can you touch on that a little bit about some things that you may face? Yes. Um, um, from a spiritual standpoint, um, yeah, we, we, spiritual warfare is, is alive and well. <laughs> um, and so we know that. And so prayer is the best way that we equip for that. Um, we have a prayer team that we, um, not only within our clinic, but we have an external one as well as well that helps us with that. Um, we've had people come and anoint the building and uh, do prayer walks around the building to cover us in prayer. Um, so, you know, we all experience that. You know, devil doesn't like it when we're we're doing that work. Right. So, um, from a functional standpoint, we have two huge hurdles: um, space and finances. Um. Like I said before, we're, we're seeing 10 times the number that we did many, many years ago. So, uh, and when we were doing that before, we had four employees and now we have five. Right. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're doing all of the extra work with um, basically the same number. Um, and we're, we have fewer volunteers now than we did. Uh, COVID took out a lot of our volunteers. Um, and so we ha- we're, we're slowly rebuilding. Um, so um, since we've transitioned to a medical model, we don't have the same space. We've had to use some of our counseling rooms um, for our ultrasound machine and for our lab. And so to be able to set up as a medical clinic, we've had to use some, use some of that space. So we are um, squished like sardines in a can. Right. Um, and we need, we need more space desperately. Um, finances, we do not take any government funding at all. Okay. We are 100% funded from churches and local donors. Um, but because the political landscape, a lot of businesses won't openly support us uh, for fear of backlash. Um, so that's always a struggle. So fundraising is a big part of what we do. Um, and it takes a lot of resources. So sure. um, th- those are those are two of our operational hurdles. Um, so so maybe we have a follow-up question, and I'll try not to get you in trouble with oh. my follow-up oh dear. question. <laughs> Um, Thank you, Mitch. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I want to be very sensitive to that. Um, people are people, businesses, churches, pastors are very sensitive to um, their affiliation with you guys. Yes, uh, that uh, like I feel emotion, like their anger, like it doesn't like I'm be very. I have to be very careful. Yes, exercise, Lord willing, some Holy Spirit self control. <laughs> um, so, so when someone comes to you that should think differently, how do you how do you handle that in a in an appropriate manner? Because I, I I struggle, I really wrestle with this. Is not we're not talking about the nuance and the granular level of what is what is robustly pro life, right? We can say okay, we're pro life, and we would say from womb to tomb, 
right. all human life, image of God, valuable, vital. Um, and, and even in that, we, there's some things we can debate and, and, and fight healthily over, should. There's, there's things right. in front of us. It's really a social issue. But when it comes to like, all right, you get in this camp or get out of this camp, how do you guys um, handle that? And is that a source of lack of funding primarily? You just said it to a degree, but if you could estimate if everybody who should be pro-life or pro-life, what, would it, what difference would it make? Oh my gosh, that would it would make a huge difference. Right. So we have several um, clinics around Georgia that we partner with, and we share resources with, like okay. you know, training and and things like that. Um, so here here's a ones in Douglasville. Okay. PRC in Douglasville, they're amazing. Um, when they have a walk, they raise one hundred and fifty thousand. They have churches that are all in. I'm right. talking like that's the top of their. That's the first thing that they. Um, are giving to is their clinic. Right. At our walk, um, we brought in 30,000. Right. Show you a difference, you know, of, of right. and, and so when they have a banquet, they're bringing in 250,000. And right. so we're, we're struggling to meet sure. 50. Right. So there's a huge difference, but you know, in talking with them, they have complete buy-in from all of their churches around them. Right. Um, churches are hosting them and, and providing for them. And, and so, yeah. That that would be huge. And so from a business standpoint, you know, they may give, people may give personally, but they want to keep their business name out of it. Wow. And, you know, so how do we, how do we fight that back? Um, we don't. We have people that we partner with, even locally that sure. do. Yeah. Um, Emily Matson. Yeah. Who is very uh, yeah. vocal in in this um, pro life? Is she board? Is she a board member with you guys? Or just she is a local n- partner. She is a local partner. Okay. Yeah. She is also uh, Georgia Life Alliance. Right. And so she's working with uh, lawmakers and and mm. pushing that train awesome. ahead. So yeah. so That's she's fantastic. kind of our um, our hashtag Barry alumni. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a shorter guy over uh, here. I'm, I'm alone. It's so. okay. Uh, my yeah. husband graduated from both. He has. His, Undergrad from Barry and his MBA from Shorter, so we cover all bases. You do well yeah. done, well done. <laughs> yeah, so. um, I, I feel like um, I feel like for some reason uh, Roman Floyd County has that barrier between the faith community and the practicing absolutely in the public square of what we say we really believe, and 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 that's been a mystery. It's a mystery for me. I, I, I mean, I have my guesses, but um, the fact that you can have that disparity—you got this Douglas County example versus Roman Floyd County—and it's 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 insane it is and and but there's churches that have absolutely stepped up spoken out loud and and man what a difference that makes even just to to be able to pick up the phone from you know to call and say hey mitch what's you know yeah your church is awesome i mean it's amazing through what what y'all been able to Mm. to help us with and so even from a non-financial perspective, just to be able to pick up the phone and, and right. seek guidance and yeah. you know counsel on certain things that are outside of our scope, yeah. but we still want to be able to address it. Right. So um, we believe in you guys. We we believe we believe in what you do. We want to support you. We want others to to absolutely. support you as well. And 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 I think just to encourage you, this is a a lifetime fight. It's not a sprint. This is a a marathon. It's a lifetime battle. And until the Lord returns. We're not going to solve this issue, no. probably. We're, it's going to still be there, and and more Christians need to get in the public square. So with that, what are some specific things people, if they listen to this and say, I have time or I have money. So with time and money, what could people do to to help you guys? Great question. I love answering that question. <laughs> um, so we um, obviously funding, sustaining right. funding, um, and we have a building next door that we're hoping to purchase so that we can expand mm-hmm. and offer more services um, and cast a bigger net. 
Um, so obviously giving is huge. Right. Um, and, and I'm going to even step a, go a step further and say our churches that are giving, if there's any way possible to up that giving hundred dollars, $200, right. um, those, those increases will make a huge difference and right. you know what he can do right? Absolutely. <laughs> by doubling that. Absolutely. Um, so for volunteers, so we offer training, obviously. So you don't have to have any special education. You don't have to have a counseling background. Everything that you will need back in the rooms with the women, mm-hmm. we will provide. Wow. So we'll even teach you how to share the gospel. We'll teach you how to be um, comfortable with sharing your faith. Uh, we'll teach you the things that you need to ask and, you know, all the things. So we'll, right. we'll, we'll provide that. Um, our shifts are four hours. So we have a morning shift and an afternoon shift, and we ask that you work one of those four-hour shifts each okay. week. If you can't make it, if you're on vacation, if you're sick, you want to go see your grandkids, we work all that out. It's right. very flexible. Sure. So I don't want that to be a hindrance. So um, right. staff can step in at any time to help cover that load, um, and right. we have a lot of volunteers who are very flexible sure, and don't mind filling in. So um, mm-hmm. Dr. Morgan who has been volunteering his services to us since 2016 right. is um, he reads our ultrasounds for us. Right. He's ready to retire again. Uh, <laughs> Second uh, retirement. Yeah, Dr. Toby Morgan, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, he's yes. been, wow. He's been doing this. A he's while. amazing. Yeah. He is absolutely amazing. So um, we need somebody to come in a doctor or a radiologist. Okay. Saying they're a doctor. And that's volunteer, right? It, it is volunteer. Yes. Okay. Uh, and they can do it remotely. Right. And it's not a heavy load. So right. it's, you know, it's very easy. We just need somebody to step up right. in that position so okay. that he can go back and retire again. <laughs> <laughs> One more time, right? That's right. So, wow. um, and then uh, we need medical and non-medical volunteers. So if there's a nurse out there or a nurse practitioner right. um, that would like to um, offer their services, we desperately need that. Mm, that's huge. That's awesome. It is. Chris, do you have any other thoughts? I do. I, so I've got a, kind of a logistical question for <laughs> okay. you, and I've got... Two heart questions okay. for you. Heart, not heart. I don't think heart. they're hard, okay. but heart okay. questions. First off, and we'll we'll put this info in the comments and in our description, but where can people find you? So what's your, your website, social media, and physical location? Okay, so our physical location is 311 Redmond Road. Okay. We're in between CVS on the corner of Martha Berry and Redmond Road. So we're smack dab in the middle with a um, bunch of dentists and orthodontists in our, our complex. Um, havenclinic.org is our client site where they can schedule appointments and stuff like that online. And then, uh, one that's kind of more geared towards donors is havenfriends.com. Gotcha. And our social media, you can search for those things as well. Haven Clinic and Haven Friends. Awesome. We'll put all those links um, on the podcast for folks because we want to make sure they know how to find you. Absolutely. um, To hopefully step up and and help with some of those needs. Um, so a couple quick last questions that I have for you. Number one um, if there's a young mom out there listening or, you know, going through this process of pregnancy or someone who knows someone who is, what's your message to them on, on why they should come visit you guys? Um, I, I want her to come because I want to help ease her burden. I mm. want to walk alongside her and offer hope, offer peace, um, offer love that only can come from Christ. And mm. so he's working through us. And so because we invite him every day, um, 
he's able to provide whatever she needs, whatever that need is, he knows the need. And so he's working through us to help her walk along that difficult time in her life. Or if she's not having a difficult time and she just needs somebody, you know, some resources, some information, somebody to, you know, share the excitement with, we're there for that as well. Awesome. I love that. And, and it's very clear your, your passion for this just flows out of you. <laughs> and I appreciate that because I'm sure you can't do that work oh, if, no. it's, if, it's, if, if that's not very clear Absolutely. and it's very clear what your why is. So one question I like to ask people when I have conversations is, you know, when, when, when your work at Haven is done, what, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh. Um, my legacy would be that I was able to offer my faith, my, my God to somebody else to, um, expand the kingdom. Um, I want to make heaven crowded. Mm, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I Absolutely. That. Jennifer, you get, if you could say one thing to a struggling mom or dad who happens across this and it's like, what, what do I do? What would you say to them? You are not alone. Mm-hmm. There are people in our town, our community that love you and care for you and want to help you. And, if they show up, we're there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, people who stumble across this, they, you know, hopefully they find us wrestling, not in our four walls of our building, but in the public square because um, because sin has wrecked good Amen. things. Um, but the kingdom of God is repairing them, and he does that through his body, through us. His Absolutely. People, and so... Sometimes people on our our side of this come across as mean spirited, and they take crazy positions that uh, don't fix the problem. They're band aids on a broken leg, and if you if you stumble on this, um, I want you to know there are people who want to help you. Absolutely, we want to repair what's broken. Jesus said, "Heal," and then say to them, "The kingdom of God has come near to you." Absolutely, and there's healing that can be had, not just in prayer and supernatural, but we people can help you, and there's healing in that for your soul, for your body for your family, for your life. Don't make a terminal decision with a, a temporary challenge. Absolutely. What I tell people when I, when I speak to them that um, if we're faithful, God will be fruitful. Yeah. That was our previous director's motto yeah. uh, that has kind of filtered down to me. But um, if we take the time in church, because we're all great churchgoers, if we take the time in church to prepare for what we're actually supposed to be doing, you know, right. Jesus was with the broken, yes. the lost, the dying, the suffering. Right. Um, he wasn't tied up in the business of church. And so we got to use that time yeah. we're in church to prepare for our real job here. That's right. Uh, Matthew 25 is such a stark uh, reality that when the Lord separates the sheep from the goats, um, we all understand salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And, and that produces works in Absolutely. the public square. And the Lord judged their salvation in Matthew 25, uh, based upon the fruit of their works. And he said, those of you who visited the sick, the prison, the, you fed, you did these things, you're the sheep. You come over here and the rest of you, you didn't do them to me. He said, Lord, when did we not see you? And he said, if you didn't do it to the least of these, you weren't doing it to me. And Amen. so depart. And so there's a component, if we're not in the public square, healing, Absolutely. actively healing, we got to question whether or not our faith is real. Amen. And so uh, if you're one of those out there on the fence about whether or not you should support this and whether or not God can sustain your business, I would say believe the Bible. Absolutely. Don't turn away. Don't turn away. Get involved. Do something. Make a difference. Jennifer, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. It it's been fun. a joy. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you had a yes, good time. I did. It's, it's been a joy. So, guys, we appreciate you listening. We would love it if you would go to Theology in the Dirt. 
uh, com and check out other posts, other podcasts. Please listen to them. Give them a five-star rating. Share them. Um, and we appreciate any support you want to throw our way. Um, we also appreciate questions. So if you want to send us a question, we'd love to attack it at some point. You can send that to theologyandirt at gmail.com, and we will get after it. You guys have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time. Out. Cause you're a sky, cause you're a sky full of stars Cause you're